Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today, today I want to talk about constitutional carry. It has passed the Texas House. And folks, this has not passed Texas, okay? So we have constitutional carry that only passed the Texas House. It still has to go to the Senate, and it still needs to be signed by the governor in order for it to go into law. If it is signed, it will not go into law until September the 1st of 2021. Also, I want to talk about what does that mean for Texas gun laws. Also, we have inside studio Ty Cody. He comes to the show to talk to us about crypto, stocks, and guns. And I also want to talk about the shooting that's happening right now in North Austin. There is a shooting that the media is calling a mass shooting. Folks, let me tell you, that's not a mass shooting. That's domestic violence. You have a police officer who, who is, used to be a Travis County Sheriff's officer who was charged with with a uh, sexual, you know, uh, something with a minor. And now he apparently killed his entire family and now is running from law enforcement. There's FBI, you have police officers that are chasing this guy. This is a domestic violence case. This is not a mass shooting. It's domestic violence. And you're looking at a policing problem. I'm going to talk about that and constitutional carry. Uh, when it comes to constitutional carry, you know, we're going to have Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. In, uh, he's actually going to be on Skype or on the phone uh, with us, and he's going to break this down for us. Because constitutional carry, what that means is that wherever you are in the state of Texas, if this passes, you will not need a license in order to carry your handgun. That is constitutional carry. 
just like what we have for long guns. Currently, right now, for long guns, if you want to carry a long gun, you want to carry a rifle, a shotgun, an AR-15, an AK-47, you can actually walk down the street and you can openly carry or conceal carry a rifle, a shotgun. You can have it in the open. You can have it concealed. It can be in your vehicle, fully loaded, concealed in the vehicle. You don't need a license for the long gun, the rifle, the shotgun, the AR-15, AK-47. That goes all the way back to 1869. Back to 1869. Now, you want to say, well, why is that, Michael? Why is it that, you know, with long guns, you can actually have a, you can openly carry a long gun, but you can't carry a handgun and walk down the street with it unless you have a license. Well, you got to think about how did gun control first start in the country? Well, in this nation, our first gun control law was back in the 1600s, where in the Northeast, Indians, if you were selling firearms or you were a pair of firearms, of indigenous people, Indians, you were convicted of a crime, and the punishment of that was death. You could not sell or repair firearms to indigenous people, Indians. That was the first gun control law in this nation in the 1600s. And then let's look at Texas. You come down to Texas, you say, well, well Michael, Michael, what, is the, what was the first gun control law in Texas? Well, Free slaves could not have access to guns. So when you're looking at gun control, it all it's always about controlling certain groups of people. It's all about making sure there's certain people that can't have access to those guns. And that is how gun control actually has evolved around the world and this country. It's always targeting certain groups of people. So in Texas, free slaves could not have access to guns. And then you look at 1869, they said, you know what? The majority of people live down in Galveston, Texas. Down in Galveston, they have rifles, they have to other tools, they have, you know, swords, they have axes and things of that nature. And so, you know, we want to make sure that they can keep those. They're, they're not restricted. And so I want to make sure those are not restricted. So they say, you know what, we're not going to regulate, we're not going to regulate those long guns, but we are going to start regulating handguns. So in 1869, they say, you know what? Let's start regulating handguns. And so they started, you know, regulating those. And in 1870, went into effect where, you know what? There are certain places you couldn't carry a handgun, you know, for everyone else, you know, other than those free slaves. And that's how the gun control started in this country and also in the state of Texas. All right. So now let's talk about constitutional carry. When it comes to constitutional carry, that means that, hey, no matter where you are, if you can legally own and possess that firearm, you should be able to carry the firearm. That is constitutional carry. Now, folks, let me tell you. Let's break this down for you a little bit. All right, so, you know, here we are. You know, we're talking about, you know, carrying a handgun. And we're talking about, and you know, and I had some people that called me up today. They said, the media said, you know, that constitutional carry is passed in Texas. So, Michael, does that mean that I don't have to get a license anymore? Well, you know, do I, I don't have to take a class. I actually had people that call me and say, you know what? I think I want to cancel my class because I don't need to take the class since constitutional carry is going to pass. Let me tell you, you are a complete idiot. You are a fool if you are going to carry a gun and you don't take a class and learn what the laws are. Are you completely out of your mind? Are you not aware? Do you not look at, look at the news? Do you not pay attention to what's going on? If you don't know the laws, if you don't know what you can and what you cannot do with that handgun, you will get shot, you will die, you will get hurt, you will go to jail for the rest of your life if you don't educate yourself about your firearm. You need to know when you can carry the firearm, what you can, what you cannot do. When can you shoot someone? Can you shoot them in the back? 
What, you know, what happens if someone breaks into your house? You can have a gun inside your house, but when can you use that gun? Can you shoot them? Can you shoot someone that's in your backyard? Can you shoot someone that's banging on your front door? You didn't know what the laws are. What you can, you cannot do. Those are things I want to talk about with Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. We're going to talk about that. We're going to break down constitutional carry. I want to talk about, you know what, gang members. When it comes to this constitutional carry bill, is it, re- is it saying that gang members can now carry a gun in Texas? When it comes to constitutional carry, is it now saying that, hey, I don't need a, do I need a license to carry a gun on a college campus? You know, let me tell you something. Your state representatives in the state of Texas are the dumbest elected officials that we have in this country. The dumbest. Because they don't read crap. They don't read anything. They don't pay attention. All they do is they will pass something and have no knowledge about what they are actually passing. When it comes to these laws, you got to know, you got to read the bills. Okay, so can a, can a college student carry a gun on a college campus you know, with or without a license with this current bill? It took us years, decades to pass constitutional carry. And if you think that the Senate and the governor is going to sign a bill that allows anyone to carry a gun on a college campus without a license, you're losing your mind. And let me tell you something, folks. Do not confuse uh, Texas with Arizona. We have people that are they're trying to mix in you know, Texas and Arizona together. Let me tell you something about Arizona. Arizona only has about 350,000 license holders in that state. Texas, we have 1.5 million. Let me tell you something, people. Do not confuse my Texas Lone Star State with Arizona. This is not Arizona. In Arizona, you cannot carry a gun on a college campus like you can in the state of Texas with a license. In Arizona, you can carry a gun in a bar, but you got to have a license. Texas is not Arizona. Do not confuse it. Don't get it mixed up in all this confusion. You got to read the bill. You got to understand the law. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13-7, the right choice. 
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. We're talking about constitutional carry. We're talking about what does that mean for the state of Texas. We're talking about we have inside the studio, you know what, Ty Cody. He's going to talk to us about crypto, stocks, and guns. And we also going to have Edwin Walker. He's the principal attorney for Texas U.S. Law Shield. He's going to talk to us about constitutional carry and what that actually means for Texas. But there's some breaking news coming out of North Austin. Uh, the Austin Police Department is chasing. They're searching for. They're trying to find a former law enforcement officer who used to work for the Travis County Sheriff's Department, who apparently allegedly has killed his entire family and also has been charged with um, uh, some crime involving a mob. First-degree felony sexual assault with a child. All right, so allegedly, he's, well, he's been charged with that. And so they're searching for this guy. And this, this story is national news. They're talking about it on CNN, Fox News, ABC, NBC, all around the nation. But as soon as they find out he's a police officer and he's black, it will die. Because they start off by talking about the fact that this was a mass shooting. And now they're going to find out it's domestic violence. And he's a former police officer, and he's black. So this will die very quickly, rest, rest assured. All right, so I want to get, I want to change gears a little bit. I want to talk about constitutional carry. What does that mean for the state of Texas? I want to talk about what the actual bill that actually has passed the House. And people, listen to me and listen to me clear. Because I've had a number of phone calls into the gun store with people asking me or making statements to the fact that, constitutional carry has passed so does that mean or you know i don't have to get my license now okay well constitutional carry has not passed the state of texas it only passed the house it has to go through the senate and it has to be signed by the governor and if you want to ask my professional opinion of this this bill as in <laughs> the way it's written right now is not going to pass texas there's no way no way shape or form this bill will pass in this current form why this is the third. Hold episode. that thought. We let's bring it to the conversation. Edwin Walker, he's a principal attorney with Texas U.S. Law Shield, and Edwin's going to tell us exactly what is actually in the bill for constitutional carry that has passed the House. Edwin, welcome to come and talk, sir. Hey, Mike, how you doing? It's always great to be on your show, and I just like to start uh, by saying I know your trademark is a red shirt, but you look great in blue. Oh man, you you caught me off guard. Yes, sir. Uh, it's laundry day. And so <laughs> my other half has to do the laundry, so I ran out of red shirts. <laughs> the blue shirt looks great. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. All right. So tell me about this constitutional carry bill, the one that actually has passed the mm -hmm. Texas House. You know, what's your take on it? What does it mean for Texas? Well, so the obviously the objective, the overall objective of constitutional carry is to bring handguns basically under the same treatment uh, that Texas law gives to long guns. And so, you know, just to, just to give you know, your audience a little backstory, uh, for the last 15 years or so, Texas has been on a, uh, has been on a crusade basically to criminalize a lot of, uh, or decriminalize a lot of the draconian, uh, weapons laws that have been around for over a hundred years since 1871. Uh, you know, it started with switchblades and then it moved to illegal knives and then it moved to clubs and then it moved to uh, brass knuckles. And so there's, th there's been this movement overall to, to basically, you know, the, the possession, the carrying, not supposed, you know, as long as you're, as long as you're still responsible in their use, uh, just the possession carrying can't be, uh, can't be a crime. And, and I think that, you know, 
this coupled with, of course, the national movement to towards constitutional carry, which I, I do use my air quotes there because uh, that is kind of a, um, you know, it is is kind of a nickname, um, but I've never, you know, heard the talk about carrying a long gun as constitutional carry. So, and, and this is all it does is evens it up. And at the same time, this particular bill is very interesting because it does kind it does seek to make all of the gun laws and all of the weapons laws kind of uniform about where you can and can't carry. And so it doesn't do away with the license. There's still a Texas LTC. In fact, there are some uh, privileges that an LTC holder still has as opposed to somebody who's just simply carrying a handgun uh, without a license. And so I think there is an encouraging feature to get people to go out and get the license. Uh, For example, you still get to buy a gun without going through, uh, buy a gun from an FFL without going through the background check with a license. Uh, You're technically not violating federal law that's specifically 18 USC 922 subsection Q, which is the Gun-Free School Zone Act. Uh, one of the exceptions is that you are in a gun-free school zone with a license issued by the state, uh, the same state that the school zone is located. Uh, technically, if you do not have a license, you have to uh, secure the gun. It can't be accessible in any way. And some, um, people, and some people that were in D.C. in January found this out the hard way. You know, you don't have a license. You're driving through that school zone. The federal authorities are looking for you. They pull you over within you know, within a thousand feet of a school, then guess what? Boom. That's their way in. Yeah. The, the gun-free school zone law, the federal gun-free school zone law is an extremely sneaky law that you have to be aware of. And the principal exception to that law is having a license. So that should encourage. Also, there's a, there's a slight distinction with campus carry on college campuses Mm. for license holders versus non-license holders. And also uh, 30-06 and 30-07 were left in place. And so this gives a license holder vis-a-vis, vis-a-vis private property and certainly vis-a-vis the uh, college property uh, a little bit more of a notice uh, before they could be charged with criminal trespass versus just simply somebody walking without a license. All right. So let's go back a little bit. I want to go back to gang members. All right. So if I'm in my vehicle, if this bill here in its current format passes as a gang member can i have a handgun in my vehicle um no you're still the gang member exception still is in place so the now there are a couple of bills now i want to say this with the caveat that the gang member exception is something that we've always been skeptical of and that is because of the list the secret list of being a gang member um in fact uh we have you know in in fact uh, there is a, uh, we recently actually had a case where a gang member, gang member, uh, was arrested in Harris County for unlawful carry. He was not on a motorcycle. He was not wearing his vest. He was not running around with a bunch of his fellow gang members. He was actually in a car with his kids. He has no criminal record. He has an LTC and he got arrested by Houston police. And fortunately, uh, we were able to show the judge that there was no probable cause because of the exception uh, that exists uh, to 4602 uh, for 40, under 4615 is that he had an LTC, 4620 is inapplicable. Okay. So uh, getting an LTC would be a benefit to those individuals. But yeah, the gang member prohibition now uh, exp- expend, ex- expands to 
uh, not just automobiles, but other places as well. All right. So on this current bill, um, the way it's written currently right now, if it does passes, I can have a handgun in my vehicle in the open or concealed, but it just has to be in a holster. And there's no it doesn't say belt holster, shoulder holster anymore. Correct. And actually, uh, there's another bill in the event that constitutional carry doesn't pass. There is another bill that we are fully behind that we hope does pass, and it will remove the superfluous belt or shoulder language uh, from just from license holders openly carrying a handgun All right. uh, that will be just a holster. And so that's kind of on the, you know, that's on the back burner. That's on the, the, the horizon uh, coming forward. So that's at least something something positive that we hope gets passed even if constitutional carry doesn't pass but we it is stuck in the constitutional carry bill as well okay and then what about college students if on on a college campus under this current bill this this permitless bill constitutional carry uh would i be able to have my handgun and carry it on a college campus inside the building sitting in class without a license without a license no you would not it's still prohibited so you would have to have a license in order to have it inside the building of a college campus Correct. Uh, I believe you would still be able to, as an unlicensed individual, have it in the uh, sidewalks, walkways, parking lots, uh, but not on the grounds where they're conducting an activity or in the buildings. All right. So if that's, I want to, that's if, one of that, that. That's one of the privileges that a license holder would still have over a non-license holder. So what if I want to walk my kids to school? If I want to go to, I want to walk from my house. I'm going to walk down the street, the sidewalk, parking lot, the garage, and walk my kids to school and kick them inside the school. You know. Can I have a handgun on me without a license under this current bill? Yes. Yes, you can. All right. All right. So, except, except for, for the, the, fact, the federal law. Well, yes, except for the federal law. And so that's one of the big hiccups uh, is that if you did want to be fully compliant. Now, we haven't seen a large amount of ATF agents or FBI or U.S. Marshals or anything, uh, you know, patrolling your local school grounds. To, to get somebody. But the thing about it is, is that schools, uh, schools and most school administrators, especially in, in big cities, are very, very hyper concerned about firearms. And so uh, they've even gone to the extent of attempting to prohibit license holders from coming on school campuses during pickup and drop off of students, claiming that that's an uh, that that's a, a school-sponsored activity, and therefore uh, firearms are prohibited even by license holders. And so in the event that a school were to be super extra creative and they got a district attorney's office who would agree, uh, these people could be uh, forwarded uh, to the U.S. attorney's office for prosecution. Right. Um, I'm not saying it's, ha it's certainly a possibility. It's, it's within the realm of possibility, I don't know how probable it is. So I don't want to alarm people. Uh, but again, one of those things uh, that you would uh, you'd benefit from getting a license, as would uh, the millions of people who are employed by school districts. So as I read the bill, it did not touch. Uh, if your listeners will remember several sessions ago, the legislature protected school district employees who were license holders by saying a school district could not take any adverse employment action against them if they were a license holder and they kept a gun in their locked motor vehicle on a school parking lot. All right. Um, that was not touched. All right. So All right. and we're talking, another we're, talk, holder. we're talking with Edwin Walker, principal attorney with Texas U.S. Law Shield. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. We're talking about we're talking about permitless carry uh, trying to pass the Texas Capitol, and it has not passed yet. So people, you still need a license in order to carry a handgun in the state of Texas. If you want to be outside of your home, your vehicle, your place of business, your uh, your boat, your travel trailer, camper trailer, truck, camper, motorhome, horse trailer, living quarters, or using activity, you got to have a handgun license. It's got to pass the House, the Senate. And the governor has to sign it first. And if it does go all through those little hoops and hurdles, it will not go into effect until September the 1st. So you still need a license right now. Uh, and so it has not passed. So don't jump up and down and think, you know, you don't have to get your license. And we're actually breaking this down for you right now. We have Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas U.S. Law Shield. And he's talking to us about the pros and the cons for you know, constitutional carry, permitless carry, and getting your license and not having your license. And Edwin, so tell us about churches. What about if I want to praise the Lord and pass the ammunition? Do I need a license to carry my handgun inside of a church? Uh, you would not. You would not need a license. And, th and this is one of the things that the bill does is that, is that before uh, license holders, of course, people who did not have licenses, they were absolutely prohibited uh, from everywhere uh, except for the places that you just said. Um, so now that they have the, the ability, they, so now if this bill passes, they would have the ability to carry. What the bill does is it's taken all of the prohibited places from 46035 that applied to license holders and incorporated them into 4603, which is a, a general firearms prohibition uh, it's created such a, a longer list. So now not only are you under 4603 for the original places, but now the additional places that were originally only off limits for um, license holders, which churches were actually taken out of that, you know, a couple of uh, last session. Right. And so back in yeah, 2019, churches, they, they removed right. churches from that list. Yeah, churches would be uh, churches would be just another piece of private property, which they would give they'd be able to give a license holder. Uh, they'd still have to give a license holder 30-06 or 30-07 notice. An unlicensed individual, however, they could just give the random no trespassing because of gun sign. So if it was a gun buster, a no weapons, there's no specific language to inform the non-license holder that they are not allowed to bring a gun. Uh, but the license holder still is entitled to the 30-06, 30-07 notice. And so you can imagine that there would be private property 
uh, that would, you know, that said, look, I, you know, we've, we've had license carry for uh, 25, 25, 26 years. I'm very comfortable with that. Just not, not comfortable with these uh, folks who don't have a license carrying. And so I can imagine that there would be qu- plenty of private property places that would post up, uh, say, gunbuster signs, but would not also post up a 30 out six or 30 out seven uh, sign. So, okay. So, so I want to make sure I understand this correctly. All right. So, if constitutional, if this bill does pass, all they have to do is put up a Ghostbuster sign to prohibit you from carrying a handgun without a license. Correct to prevent the unlicensed carrier from bringing their their handgun in. Now, okay. in order to kind of equalize the punishments, what they did was also was they took and and, and I'm sure that your listeners, being so astute, that are aware of because they listen to Mike Cargill, uh, there's been you know over the course of the last several sessions some adjustments in the penalty and some defenses that were created. Mm-hmm. And now it's you know a license holder. It's just simply a class C misdemeanor. Uh, there's a defense now that they have to be told uh, that they weren't allowed to bring it in. If they promptly leave, then they can't be charged. Uh, very similar to the airport defense that was created several sessions ago. Uh, and then, of course, if they stay, they're subject to a class A. And so, so I want to make uh, sure I, I want to make sure I understand that. So under this bill, constitutional carry, if it does passes, if I go to the airport and I forget and I have my gun in my luggage, and I go through. In Texas, only in Texas, I go through that checkpoint. You're saying without a license under this constitutional carry bill, I would what? Be- well, without a license, you'd still be allowed to 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 leave. To to leave. But, okay. you, you would have a defense that there was a gun in my bag. I was not told to leave. I was instead arrested. I should not have been arrested. I should have been given a warning and then allowed to leave and only charged if I had promptly left. Now, what's very interesting, if you're folks, and, and this is actually, for those of you, for you, the listeners that are interested in the legislative process, this is a really good learning experience. And I encourage you to, to go log on to the Texas legislature website. It's very, very easy to, uh, to do, to, na- to navigate. That's one thing the legislature has done is that I think they, I myself think they've built a great web page about finding stuff. And and trace the bill because mm-hmm. what you've been the way you've been warning people is very very good about you know don't don't get all excited thinking that now that it's passed the house on third reading which it did Friday morning that you can then go carry because you're <laughs> right we are far from that uh, so now if people want to watch the legislative process as you know as as uh, uh, German Chancellor uh, Hindenburg used to say watch the sausage be made uh, <laughs> they can see that it you know what kind of bill is going to be you know it's going to go over to the house and they're going to knock on the door I mean pardon me it's going to go over to the Senate and they're going to knock on the door of the Senate and they're going to be like we have something for you from the house here <laughs> deal with this and then it'll go to one of the Senate committees and they'll talk about it. And then it'll go to the Senate floor. And of course, during committee and then during the floor debates, it'll be open to amendment and they'll change some things. And then there'll be a reconciliation to see if 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 there were so many things or so important things that were changed by the Senate that they then have to be re-voted on by the House, or if there's a committee that can fix those things and mm-hmm. straighten out the differences. Because they they, they'll have to have a conference committee. First, it has to go to the Senate. Senate's yeah. going to agree to whatever bill they're going to agree to. And then if there are differences in the bill, what you're saying is they have to meet in a conference committee to work out, hash out those differences. 
Yes. And then it has to go back to the, the respective bodies. The clock to, is ticking, Ed, when the clock to, is ticking. Correct. To agree on what changes were made. And this all has to be done before, before the clock strikes midnight on the last day of the session. That's right. So so if it gets if it's if they are one step short and the clock just like Cinderella and the clock strikes midnight mm. on the last day of the session. It's dead. It's gone. It's over. And we, saw, and we saw how long this took to pass the house. It took pretty much almost the entire day. Yeah, and 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 this is that was fascinating too. Right. Uh, it was a floor debate that did last the entire day. Um, the Democrats, the anti-gun folks, pulled out all the stops. They brought out all the hyperbole, all the false information, right. all the bad data, uh, all of the heartstrings, all of the. You know, it was just ridiculous. And actually, the church thing was one of the things was that a woman, uh, one of the reps got up and said, you know, are you telling me a church can't, you know, is not protected? And <laughs> your rep Schaefer said, said a church is private property. It has the exact same protection as any other piece of property. <laughs> and of course, she did not either listen or she was not going to be stopped in her grandstanding right. and just said uh, and shouted to the rest of the members, I want y'all to read this bill. You will not find the word church in it anywhere. As <laughs> if that was, you know, that was the be all and end all. Right. Not accepting the fact that a church was treated just that we weren't giving special protections. A church was treated equally, just like grocery stores and, and uh, um, um, you know, sporting goods stores and any other piece of private property. Uh, they just wouldn't accept that. And one of the one of the best ones, though, if I could, uh, you know, I like I said, I encourage people to watch this. I know they don't want to sit through the entire eight or eight or nine hours that it took. Uh, but one state rep, um, actually a freshman state rep from the Houston area, um, that I actually you you know knew her as a prosecutor, uh, got up and actually coined a new phrase. Uh, apparently she was giving an illustration of a bakery that was in her district that apparently is only, uh, that, that, that only employs special needs, elderly people and teenagers. Oh, wow. So that's, uh, that's, uh, you know, and I, I think, I believe she was engaging in a bit of hyperbole on this. Yeah. So all she, uh, had, to, all she had to do is post a sign or tell people verbally, no, they can't come in with a gun. Correct. And that's where she said the problem was, was because her bake, the bakery that she was speaking of, uh, apparently uh, only only hired uh, elderly special needs people who would be intimidated and not be physically able to confront somebody to tell them that they couldn't bring their gun in. And of course, the person who she said would be bringing her gun in would be a pimp. With his entourage, nice. this is in the you should. This is in the record. It's hilarious. Racist, racist. A, a, <laughs> a pimp that 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 she said. Just imagine a pimp and his entourage come into their bakery carrying Wild West pimp style. Oh my goodness! And so, they're not able to do anything about it. Shame on her. Nobody, shame on her. Oh so, yeah. No. So if was, I walked it, in with my girlfriends, laughable. I walked in my girlfriends, she would not want me to come inside the place. Shame not if you were not if you were carrying Wild West pimp style, which I believe is a category of carrying. Yes, so I'm actually I've, I've googled that to see exactly what that means. All Wild right. West pimp style. All right, so Edwin, let me ask you about forty six zero three five. So looking at forty six zero three five on this current bill, if constitutional carry does passes uh, on this current form, what about bars? What about schools, college campuses? 
um, you know, sporting events, you know, high school sporting events, college sporting events, professional sporting events. What about the correction facility? What about the hospital? What about the amusement park? What about civil commitment? What about the nut house? Well, basically what this does is it brings everything, all these prohibited places, it brings them down to be treated exactly the same. Okay. They're all treated exactly. It's still a crime. You can still be charged with a crime, uh, but they will be required to give you notice. Um, and a, then if you it fail a, to is depart. It a, is it a felony or a class A misdemeanor in this current bill? It, I believe that it retained all of the felony charges because um, currently, because currently, okay, yeah, because currently, right now, the you know the the alcohol, the bar, it's a felony, and then every, everything else in forty six zero three five is going to be a class A misdemeanor, except for except for bars and except for correction facility. Correct. Okay, and and see what, uh, like I said, one of the one of this bill really really did serve two purposes. Okay. Is that number one, obviously, was to create permitless permitless carry, but number two was to create some uniformity with regard to these prohibited places. Okay. And so I think it, it took a little inspiration from the original airport defense bill, mm-hmm. um, you know, which of course was created because, you know, because a, a legislator or a friend of legislator got caught at the airport with a gun and they said, you know, well, for licensed carry holders, uh, now you get the opportunity that you have a defense that you must be asked to leave. And so I think that that's what one of the primary purposes of the bill was to to kind of make everything uniform. And, and Representative Schaefer said this many times during the floor debate on Thursday mm-hmm. that he wanted to make sure that people were not charged with crimes for making a mistake. Right. And so we have a big hurdle because, you know, this has got to pass the Senate. And so you got to convince the Senate that it's OK for all this stuff to be fine in, with the Senate, these changes. And it's it's a lot, you know. It's a lot to the stomach is a lot to get past, you know. You know, is this, you know, because and people are trying to compare this Edwin to like Arizona. They're saying, hey, well, in you know, Edwin in Arizona, you know, Arizona went to constitutional carry and they were able to keep their license to carry program and actually it actually maintained, you know, a steady gradual increase in the handgun license. But Edwin, what they failed to what they failed to mention is that Arizona only has three hundred and fifty thousand license holders, Well, Texas has one point five million. You can't compare Texas to Arizona. Well, you know, Texas has a lot more people too, just in yeah. general. And so, yeah, you're going to get a lot, a lot more license holders. And um, you know, the thing about it is, is that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the ramifications of all the gun buying from last year, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously, you know, and that's one of the big talking points that the media is, is that, is that whenever they talk about the permitless carry bill, the words without training always seem to follow very closely on their description of what it means. And so obviously we encourage people to get training regardless, license holders or non-license holders. I mean, even okay. if you don't have a license and you carry in your car in your, your house, you should still go get training. Uh, training is fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It teaches you the law. Obviously, if you want to know the law, pick up a copy of Texas Gun Law, Armed and Educated, uh, produced and distributed by Texas Law Shield. Uh, I'm one of the co-authors. So, uh, but also, you know, I would say that one of the big impediments to training, though, is the price of ammunition. I mean, that's, that is really quite the encumbrance. I was thinking about, because I, I went through uh, Clint Smith's 
um, Thunder Ranch about 20 years ago when uh-huh. it was out in my home. And over the course of that training, we shot up 3,000 rounds of ammunition. Oh, wow. Can you imagine having to buy 3,000 rounds of ammunition in today's market Ooh, all right. and, just, and, and shoot it up within a week? All right. All right, Edwin, we have to take this up next week. We're going to have to come back again. We're going to have to break this down again for people because I want people to understand this. I want them to understand the differences between the Texas handgun license and if this constitutional carry bill does pass and what the hurdle they're looking at. They, you got to get past the Senate. You got to get past the governor in order to make this all yeah. happen. This is a big change. It's a big it's a. Yeah, it's a fascinating legislative process, and I, and I think all of your listeners will be great education if they dig into it and right. start following it to see what happens. All right. Thank you, Edwin Walker. He's the principal attorney with Texas U.S. Law Shield. Thank you, Edwin. Thank you, Mike. All right. And let's go to Austin Police Department. The Austin Police Chief is talking about the current shooting that's happening that happened in Austin, Texas. Um, that does not mean that he is not dangerous. We still – he is still uh, at large. We do think that he is armed and he is he is very much dangerous. At this point, we've exhausted every effort in searching this particular area uh, for the suspect. Um, we brought in many of our resources, including uh, our air support, our canine teams, uh, our several SWAT teams have been out here, um, and as well as our officers and officers from other departments. Uh, I want to thank our partners who have been very strong, uh, including uh, the fire department, EMS, uh, DPS, Round Rock, um, the U.S. Marshals, and particularly the FBI. Uh, The FBI, uh, because the initial report was that it was an active shooter, mobilized and came out and has been here as a support unit. At this point, we have lifted the shelter-in-place order. Uh, We are telling people that they can go ahead and come out of their businesses or residences in this area, but to remain vigilant and to be safe. At this point, I think it's it's proper for us to to, uh, ask once again of our public, please help us. If you have information about where this individual might be, please call 911. If you see this individual, please do not approach him. Call 911 and let us know if you see him. I think that it uh, is also proper right now for us to remind, just a reminder that we have three people here that lost their lives. Uh, The thoughts and prayers of this community are with them. I have uh, our city leaders, uh, the city manager is here, um, and and on behalf of the Austin Police Department, we're very sorry that obviously that this has happened and we continue to, to try and locate this individual. We are transitioning from a search in this area to a fugitive search. Those efforts will continue uh, until this person is located. So uh, I don't want anyone to think that we are packing up and going home. We are gonna continue to look for this individual because he continues to pose a threat to this community. At this point, I wanna go ahead and allow the uh, special agent in charge for this area, Christopher Combs, to come up and uh, provide uh, some comments from the FBI perspective. Thank you, Chief. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Christopher Combs. I'm the FBI Special Agent in Charge for Austin. Uh, We received this call as an active shooter, and as it is our policy nationwide, if there's ever an active shooter, we would deploy all of our resources to help our local partners. Uh, I want to really call out uh, Chief Chacon for an unbelievable response. 
Had it actually been an active shooter, the rapid response of Austin police and Austin Fire Department, uh, along with the FBI backing them up, uh, would have brought the situation to a, to a close very quickly. As we look at the last month in this country and the number of active shooters we had, I really think what happened here is a model on how we have to respond. It has to be a very aggressive law enforcement and fire department response so that we can make sure that we get on scene and we can stop the shooter from going mobile or killing any, any more people. Uh, we have about 75 FBI agents here on scene supporting the Austin Police Department. At this point in time, we do not see any federal nexus to this. It is a domestic dispute, and we will be in support of the chief with our investigative assets, our SWAT assets. We have air assets here. Uh, anything that the chief needs to make sure that Austin is safe, we will continue to do this, and we will be here as long as the chief needs us. Uh, again, great job by the Austin Police and the Austin Fire Department. The people of Austin should be very proud of their public servants that came here today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Special Agent Combs. Um, at this point, um, we will begin to demobilize some of the units that you see in the area. Um, we will still have units in this area continuing to search, um, as well as we have an active crime scene that we're investigating out here, and that is going to take several hours to wrap that up. So many of the roads out here will remain closed until that is done. Um, if you don't need to be in the area because of the road closures, I would say that it's probably uh, best to avoid it for right now. Uh, right now, that's basically the extent of the information that we have. I will take a couple of questions. Not sure there's much more that I can provide. All right, so that's the Austin Police Chief, Chief Chacon. He's given us a briefing about the shooting that happened in North Austin today. Uh, what you had is Austin Police Chief Chacon provided an on-scene brief regarding the incident in Great Hills Trail and Rain Creek Parkway. Uh, and the suspect is Stephen Nicholas Broderick, black male, 41 years of age, 5 feet and 7 inches. A used to be a Travis County Sheriff's deputy, an investigator. Uh, and he apparently killed three people, and he's on the run, and the police are looking for him. And they're continuing the search. They're backing down and they're pulling things down a little bit, but they're continuing that search and looking for him. This is an active investigation. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk 13.7. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're going to bring to the conversation Ty Cody. You know, Ty deals in crypto, stocks, and guns. And he loves to talk about crypto and stock. Well, he loves to talk about stocks. You know, this is my, you know, I, 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 Ty is like my, you know, he's my Bitcoin boyfriend. So we're going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> His girlfriend's in the store. And she's like, whoa, hold on now. He's like, I didn't know about this. I, you tell me something I did not know. 
All right, so we're going to talk about Bitcoin. We're going to talk about cryptocurrency. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about guns. So, Ty, first, tell me, where are you from, Ty? Uh, I'm originally from Los Angeles. L.A. Oh, Lord, he's an implant, yeah, I know. y'all. I know. <laughs> he's an I implant. Hate to be the That's okay. That's okay. Me. You're okay. But Ty's a good guy. He's a good guy. All right, so you're from L.A. Go ahead. Los Angeles moved here about uh, six months ago, seven months ago. Nice. Um, I got family here, so I've been coming here for a long time, right. like 20 about 20 years they've lived here. So I'm not new to the area. Nice. Um, I'm pretty familiar with Texas. And, um, you know, after, I don't know if you kind of wanted to go into that, but after everything that happened last year, it was pretty, uh, it, it made it a pretty easy choice to, to move to Texas. There was just a lot going on. All and right. I think last year, last year exposed, you know, a lot of the issues in California. Now, how'd you get involved into, well, first, you know, well, tell us a little bit about guns in California, because in California, oh, you couldn't own a gun. I mean, it's it sucks you can protect yourself yeah well okay so good question good good topic (laughs) because i'm kind of passionate about this one because preach the the biggest issue that i had was you know last year when everything was going down i lived on la brea so i was right there in the midst of it like ground zero where everything was going on Mm -hmm. and it was chaos i mean it was complete anarchy and there's one thing to say like you know anarchy is one thing because i i live in a very like primitive mindset you know like i don't believe anyone's here to protect us kind of a thing right because we're all still animals at the end of the day right that's how i look at the world so in this case when i see anarchy around me if i can't protect myself or Mm. if i become a criminal just because i want to protect myself that's a problem Mm. you know like that's not okay and so that was like kind of the easy defining moment for me i'm just like we have complete chaos around us and whether you have guns or not you can't do anything about it you know and like that that's just not, uh, that's not okay. You know, anarchy is one thing dealing with it. Okay, I can handle that. But when you got, you know, your girlfriend, you got dogs, and you can't protect yourself, you know, that's whack. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's crazy. You got, you got a big, huge homeless problem. You know, there's yeah. so much going on in California. Okay, so, yeah, that's, you know, that's another, another thing. That has ramped up more than, there's no way to explain it. There, there really isn't. Where Anywhere you go, I'm talking about next to like million dollar homes, three million dollar homes you have encampments, mm. and that's that's crazy. Mm. That's that's absolutely crazy, and I don't think it's going to be solved anytime soon. And uh, you know, it it affects your quality of life at the end of the day. You know, at the end of the day, right? We just want to be happy. That's affecting your quality of life, and it's you know, I feel bad for them, but the city's not doing anything about it. You know, the state's not doing anything about it. So, like, what do you, you know, it's like go where, not necessarily you're treated better, but go where the quality of, of life is better. All right. So you, you know? decided to pack up and say, hey, I'm leaving. It I'm was a quick leave decision. California. It, yeah, it was, it was quick. Yeah. Really? I mean, it took three months to kind of look at the landscape. I told her, I was like, yeah, I think I'm about, like, moving to Texas. And she, that I, I brought that up on her. She had no idea. And then weeks later, I'm like, yeah, this is happening. Let's go. <laughs> I, was, right, we, I was just over it we're talking with ty cody we're going to talk about cryptocurrency we're going to talk about stocks we're going to talk about guns you know bitcoin took a huge dive over the night it dropped down to fifty two thousand dollars fifty two thousand it's now going back up a little bit you know but it dropped down as far as fifty two thousand we're going to find out why we come back from the break this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it Peace. This is Maj Pure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. 
Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about cryptocurrency, talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about guns. We're talking about stocks, bonds. Get you involved in that and also guns. Well, there's breaking news out of North Austin, Texas, where the Austin Police Department is looking for Stephen Nicholas Broderick, black male, 41 years of age, 5 feet 7 inches, former Travis County Sheriff's deputy investigator who allegedly killed his family and is on the run from the police. According to the Travis County District Attorney's Office, they released a statement just moments ago. Uh, Today, the Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza released the following statement, and it reads, My heart breaks for the victims of this senseless act of violence and their families, said District Attorney Jose Garza. Our office has been clear that acts of violence committed in our community will not be tolerated. I am grateful to the courageous members of our law enforcement community who are actively working to bring Mr. Broderick into custody. When he is apprehended, he will be held accountable. Mr. Broderick, allegedly the alleged assailant, was originally arrested for sexual assault of a child on June 5th, 2020. Mr. Broderick was released on a $50,000 bond in June of 2020. Today, the Travis County District Attorney's Office filed a motion to revoke that bond. The office is actively supporting the Austin Police Department and law enforcement who are using all available resources to apprehend Mr. Broderick. All right, so this story is evolving as we go by the day, and that is a statement of the Travis County District Attorney's Office. All right, so let's get back to cryptocurrency. Let's get back to Bitcoin. Ty, so yes, tell sir. me, man, you know what? Bitcoin took a huge dive. Why in the world did my Bitcoin drop down? So good question. It's funny because we were trading this last night, not Bitcoin specifically, um, but what had happened was, <laughs> I <like> that. <laughs> what, what had what happened, happened was, <laughs> um, there was basically a, you know, there's, there's a couple different things people are throwing out there as like rumors, uh, saying the treasury was going to, um, charge banks with money laundering. But I think for evidence like that, they're not going to put it out on a tweet. Cause that was kind of the whole, um, you know, rumor of what sparked it off. But you have to remember when, People are buying into Bitcoin how they have been, and especially in the last year since like quarter two, 2020 in the stock market, crypto, whatever it is, you know, stocks only go up is kind of the phrase, you know, until they don't. Right. So what you see here is a lot of people basically going into positions and buying long. Most people don't know how to short. They only know how to buy. So they buy something and just hold it. But what's worse is they'll go in on leverage. Mm. So a lot of these crypto exchanges, specifically Binance was a big one last night, actually saw the largest uh, single liquidation in Bitcoin history for about $68 million. Mm. Um, so for example, say you had, say it was one person that had 680,000 bucks and they levered that up and used leverage on Binance. Mm-hmm. So they were holding a $68 million position. Now, their slippage before they get liquidated is going to be really, really small. But if everything keeps going up, they're they're making so much money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as long as it doesn't dip just enough to hit their liquidation price, they're making a lot of money. So what happens is, you know, there, there are whales out there. There are, are sharks out there that can see all of these liquidation levels on these levered positions. So it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, if if you have enough money to do it, you're going to wreck it. Mm. You know, if you can go and collect this money from these long positions and you say, okay, if we can get priced down to say 57,000 quick, we can start hitting liquidation and stops really fast. Wow. And so again, coming from the market psychology aspect on my side, 
I'm guessing that's kind of what happened. Mm. More so anything that enough people, you got to bounce from like 50K. Funny enough, I was actually short Bitcoin at 60K. Didn't take profit at 50 because I thought, you know, if we if we breach 50, there's not much support. I mean, we can probably nail another 10,000 out of this down. Um, ended up reshorting at 61 mm. or 60. I think it was like When 60. you say reshorting, what does that mean? Um, I basically went short again. So we bounced back up, came back up to 60. I reshorted again at like 61K. So you bought into it at 61 No, I shorted it. So I was betting it was going to go down. Ah, so it was you just didn't buy into it. Correct. Yes. Okay. I was basically to the short side. I'm trying to, I'm going to try to translate this for the common person. Um, so, so basically what it means is like, I was, I was betting that it was going to go down. Okay. Um, and then it breached about 62, 62 and a half or something. And I finally just covered my short. I was like, you know, what? it's not going to happen now, whatever. Um, any, anyways, um, when you see these overbought levels for so long and such a big ramp, again, everything doesn't, what comes up must come down kind of a thing. And it went up so fast that it's not, I'm not, I, I, it's not surprising to see what happened is not surprising. Right. It really isn't because you have enough people thinking that it only goes up. Everyone's pumping Bitcoin. Everyone's pumping crypto everywhere you look. It's like annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I have a private community where I'm like joking, but I'm like, I'm over it. Like I can't even go on Facebook or like Twitter from people that aren't in crypto have never spoken about crypto and they're right. all talking about crypto. I'm like, Oh my God, make it stop. Cause what do you say? What do you say to people that, are, you know, that are pushing this right now because it's so high and then push it when it was low. Well, they don't push it when it's low because it's not, it's not hot, right? It's not sexy. Nobody wants to talk about it when, right. you know, it's, it's 3000 or 5000 Now's above. the time to buy. Now that it's dropped down, I'm well, telling people to buy now. So buy here, now. So here's the it's thing. It's dropped down. Here's the thing. If you're a buy and hold investor, mm-hmm. dips generally get bought, right? So if you're averaging in over time, and disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. I'm just going to throw that out there. If you're holding long term, like five to 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, like you're going to buy dips. It's kind of what just the general investor if you're buying like an index fund or something like that on the main main market that's what you'll do right um i wish i was paying attention when it dropped down to fifty two thousand. well so here's the thing nobody <laughs> talks about it then right because i was like it's dead it's dead, it's dead. i missed that i wish right. someone would i wish you would have sent that text to me earlier and say hey michael it's at fifty two thousand. but i'd be like <gasps> but now it's hot and everyone wants to talk about it but then again you have to remember there's whales and sharks out there that see this you get all these new people that come into these levered positions right and it doesn't take much for a few whales to come together and know that they can take. There was a record amount of liquidations Smell last night. It was like water. a mil, It was like a, over a million traders got liquidated last night. Mm-hmm. The biggest one was sixty-eight million, and I think it was like twenty-four hours. When you period. say liquidated, they sold their Bitcoin. Basically, they were levered long, and so if it drops down just a little bit below the price, they have to. The, they, they the, the exchange sale. basically has to say, "Yeah, you're done," you're and st- you lose all your money. You're done. So, like I said, the guy when you that, say liquidated, what does that mean? Liquidated meaning the exchange closes your position because they're about to lose money if they don't close your position. Okay. Because they gave you margin. Okay. They gave you money that you didn't have. So, at this point here, you have to get, you, so you're out. Correct. So, for example, let's just say it's- Take 50, your money and get out. Say it's 50000 Okay. But you went out on leverage at, you know, 50X or whatever. Okay. You're, if the price drops below like forty nine fifty or something like that, 49500 you know, they might have to just close your position. You lost all your money. You're done because you're using leverage. Um, I don't know what like an easy way to explain it, but basically you're using money you don't have. Okay, gotcha. You're using some of their money. So okay. they have to close that position because then they're going to start losing money. Mm-hmm. So what happened last night in like a 24-hour period, it was like $9.5 billion mm. was liquidated. Oh, so wow. now you have to think about it this. Imagine you're one of those guys that went to 
you see what's what's happening. Everyone's levered. They can see these liquidation levels. All they have to do is just put enough money behind it to start crashing it, and they come collect. Mm. So last night, whoever whoever was on the other side of that, like made billions of dollars. You know, like what within twenty Min- minutes? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's right. what I'm talking. Like right. there's always other sharks and whales in the water. Oh, yeah. Like so- that's why when everyone's pumping and pumping and. I know he mentioned, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I don't want to mention it yet unless you bring it up. Um, you know, it's, it's, you just have to be very careful. You know, when everyone's talking about it, I always play the devil's advocate on that side. When everybody is talking about it, I mean, everybody, mm-hmm. like anybody, you know, that's never spoken about markets or anything when they're all saying, oh yeah, it's time to buy. It is uh, not it's not time the to time buy. to buy. Yeah. No, it's not. We're talking, uh, no. with, Ty, we're talking with Ty Cody. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about <laughs> cryptocurrency. I'm telling you, don't hate the player, hate the game. We come back, we're going to talk about GameStop. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about. We come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking about cryptocurrency, talking about Bitcoin, talking about stocks, bonds. We're going to talk about what happened with GameStop, but you know what? First, Damn. we should talk about Dogecoin because it was um, spared the uh, the dip last night. And um, if you don't know what Dogecoin is, it's an altcoin that was originally um, used to give people props on a social media website. Now has become kind of all the rage, which is what um, Ty here is against, right? The hype. Yeah, I I hate the hype. I hate it because it just Come creates. On, you gotta love the hype. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. The reason why I hate hype in general is because when things are hypey as they are now the only way to win and make money is to do the stuff that doesn't make any sense. And then it's really tough to be disciplined when, I got you, a secret for when, you. when things don't make sense. I'm going to tell you a secret, Ty. You want to know? Yeah, hit me. By XRP. Okay. Um, what about it? About Ripple? That's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm only say it once. I'm not going to repeat it. So you, you well, rewind it if you want to hear it again. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they were being investigated by the SEC. The SEC dropped the ball on that. And, um, you know, since then, it's it's popped back tremendously i mean insanely and it's Dude, funny enough roof. i i missed that whole run because up until about a week ago i didn't even i haven't traded crypto in about almost two years because the main market was you know just doing its thing don't be scared um <laughs> so i missed that unfortunately and i missed even to the it's funny 2017 run you know i was in there and i was active but i missed most of that too because again the charts were the charts were like five minutes old. Like, what am what I going to uh, do? What was Ripple being investigated for? Uh, you know, it's that's a good question. And the only reason why I don't know that is because, again, on my side of things, I'm more of a technical trader. I don't care about the fundamentals. I don't care about anything that they're doing. I don't care. It has nothing to. It doesn't affect what I'm doing, um, based on a, a near term, you know, charting and technical situation in the big market. I'll look at fundamental catalyst. But again, even the company, I don't care what they're doing. It doesn't, I'm not a guy that's holding for five years. So what they're doing in a year from now doesn't bother me. It doesn't matter. And it's funny you bring up a Dogecoin because, you know, we were trading that in the community last night. And the only reason why I'm trading, I, it was a joke to me. Cause I'm like, I can't believe I'm trading this dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the dog, like this is crazy to me that I'm actually participating in this, but it had enough participants. The volume is there. The activity is there. Be careful. There. Dog may pee on you. 
Yeah. So in and out, you know, like I, I'm a, I was scalping it. I'm not a, I don't care about what anything is doing in the long term. at least not, not right now. All right. So tell me about a uh, GameStop. Uh, that was a, that was a ride too. That was a hypey ride. Um, I don't even know where to begin with that whole thing. Um, basically there was a insane, if you're not aware, there was an insane amount of short interest, basically more people than more than the short, the short shares that were even available. The company was basically being bet against to die Mm -hmm. is what was happening. And, um, for again, last year was it's, it's, you can't make sense of it really. Um, because again, what doesn't make sense was making all the money, but basically GameStop people on the internet, um, Reddit specifically, they all came together and they kind of, they did it, you know, like it's kind of cool to watch it. They did it. They basically put enough money behind retail, put enough money behind to squeeze shorts out. And what happens is they were doing it in a, in a, in a, a pretty unique way. Instead of buying shares, they were buying call options. And to try to make this easy to explain, if I buy one call option, it gives me the option to buy 100 shares. But it basically gives me leverage, essentially, without um, losing more than I put in. There are small situations where you could lose more, but that's a, that's a whole other topic. Um, but enough people band together bought call options. And when they're buying these call options, the people that they're buying these call options from, their institutions, hedge funds, big banks, they have to go neutral on that position. So if I buy one call option, you might have to buy shares to go neutral on that position. Because if the calls go, or if price is going up, you know, I'm winning, but somehow you're losing, right? Unless you went neutral on that. Mm -hmm. So you have to buy the shares to basically go net neutral on that trade. So what happened is an influx that's never been seen before was buying call options. I mean, like, it was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. I'm pretty sure nobody's ever seen anything yeah, like it. Yeah, it was unpredicted. And um, one other thing that's kind of happening in the digital space, Um, are you aware of NFTs? Uh, yes, I am. But again, you're not going to like my... Yeah, I mean, my, I, I don't, yeah. I'm not a big fan of them either, but uh, what is your opinion of them? Um, bubbly. Bubbly. You know, I, I think there is a place and time for it, for sure. Uh, right now, is everything is just so hyped that... I think that there's something there for sure, but buying into stuff like that right now, you know, maybe for a quick flip, but mm-hmm. I think at some point, some, you know, like we got to come back to reality at the end of the day, you know, it there's so much pumpy and away. hypey stuff. The only thing there. I could see it really doing would be replacing, um, the DMCA when it comes to the music industry and maybe even helping musicians and artists out. But so, so I think for creators, it could be a great thing. Um, I think, I think people starting to like, take control of their own work is, is huge. I think that's awesome. Um, there's different ways to look at it. I think the biggest thing right now is I think it's been looked at it with art. I think that's a big portion of it. Um, you know, other than that, I don't have too much really, really to say on that, on that stuff. But I think a lot of stuff right now is bubbly. Like you're seeing an NFT by Beeble's being sold for like $69 Mm -hmm. million. Like, and it'd be like a picture of a stick figure or something. Yeah. Like, it's kind of absurd. What are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, and I get it, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's slightly hype, hypey right now. And if the listeners don't know, NFTs are tokenized, um, digital art that like you own this unique piece of thing and right. it's like things aren't really too unique on the internet now because they can be copied and this is right. like a, 
it's uniquely verified thing. It's almost like a bragging right mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you see a screenshot of like a funny meme or something, right? Or a screen or not even a screenshot, but like you see a picture of something that looks cool but it's being shared all over. This would allow you to say, like, that's actually mine. I own that. But my thing is like I always wanted to know, okay, if I buy that NFT, my biggest thing is like, how do I get paid? I want to get paid on that. Exactly. You know, so it's like, okay, so if am I going to get licensing on it? Like that was always my big thing. Cause if you're just buying it to say I own it, who cares? Now, do you trade for yourself or do you trade just, for other people? Just for myself. Just for yourself? Yep. So if I give you some money, you're not going to trade it for me? Nope. Why? I'm not licensed. Okay. <laughs> on the DL? <laughs> I'm just asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> My lawyer's not present. I cannot. Why, make why you laughing at me now? <laughs> so your lawyer's not present. I'm not his girlfriend's right though. Uh, but your girlfriend's sitting over here going, <laughs> "Don't even try it." <laughs> All right. So tell me, what made you get into guns? You know why? You know you moved to Texas. Oh, yeah. What made you get yourself a gun? Once you got here to Texas, I mean, I've had guns, and I've you got it quick. Guns. Oh yeah. You know what's funny about that is I came to you. I came to Michael before I don't even you actually actually moved to Austin. What I think it was, yeah. I yeah. think I was looking for it like right away. I want to say I I'm talked, a stalker. I stalked we, you on social media. I was like, this dude, you know, and because I, I asked you something in class, it was something you said in class. I don't know what it was, and I said, you know what? Let me check. Let me just check this guy out. Some background. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, let me check this out. And I checked him out, and it's like before you even moved to Texas, you came and got your LTC. Oh yeah. That was, I mean, I think I landed for like three days. And I'm like, yep, time to get strapped up. <laughs> legally, <laughs> legally. Right, That's right. the key word. <laughs> All right. What made you do it? Why? Uh, again, kind of like, you know, what I was just seeing. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, after moving from where, I, where we were, you know, it sucks because I, I love LA. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be there for life. And for how fast everything went downhill and just kind of like society even just society as a whole you know just kind of it just things change really quick because y'all don't vote i'm not even gonna talk about that i'm not gonna because you're you're the truth hurts yeah i mean well and i want to make it painful i here's the thing i didn't vote so you're oh not, i know you're Trust probably me. not gonna like that either but i didn't vote last year mm-hmm. or, or the you regret previous, it don't you um i don't know i think i, I you don't know no contest um yeah i just it was the I don't know. I, I think it's more so. That's that generation right there, folks. I just want to. Uh, <laughs> I just needed to be legal. Right. That was a big, you know, because it's like, it's one thing to be legal and it's right. one thing to not. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to get it jammed up when I'm not legal. Right. Not okay. And then what do you think about like constitutional carry? So if that passes, people don't need a license. They can all carry a you gun. Know, should they dig a class? Do they not, you know, should, would you, if, if constitutional carry had passed before you came to Texas, you move here. Would you take in a class? Yeah. I think... That was I, a soft yes. What? No, but hear, hear me out. Hear me okay, out. Okay, go ahead. I don't think I necessarily... Agree. I, I'm a Second Amendment advocate. I think everyone, you know, that's a legal abiding citizen should be able to own a firearm to protect themselves and their family. On the other hand, I don't necessarily like um, people not being potentially uh, like at least trained at the most basic level having guns. I don't like that because human beings are emotional and it's not hard to trip, you know, push somebody over the edge and without proper training, I think that could turn into a lot of bad situations. And, um, you know, especially with, you know, uh, the way it's been like, like the last year, a lot of the chaos that's been happening. 
I think people need training, you know? So I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree, you know, with constitutional carry. I think there should still be some kind of training because again, I think at their core, people are emotional. All right. And thank you, Ty Cody. Once you thank you for coming to in the studio here. All right. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You listen, come, you've been listening to Come and Talking with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.